Okay, praise the Lord. Let's get rolling. Okay. Oh, now we we left off with Esther here. Oh, and oh, I want to just real quick, just because I can do it real quick, because I think we all should be familiar with this. You know, your Bible. You know, um, some people say it's a spiritual book, history book. Get spiritual things out of it is a better way to look at it, and that gives you a better foundation for. Why do I believe this? Should I believe this? Yeah, it actually happened. Okay, Genesis means beginning. Uh, and here all the way to Revelation, so you can see, well, somebody did put this together. Oh, they really did. They, the timeline is just phenomenal. Okay, but anyway, so Genesis, uh, creation, and then there's a flood about the sixth chapter. Of course, that's, that was 1,400 years later, somewhere in the time. You can look at the dates yourself. You can figure it out. It doesn't take, you don't have to ask anybody. You can go look at it. Just read Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4. The fifth chapter, uh, 1, 2, 3, and 4 is history. The fifth chapter is a genealogy. The sixth chapter is, well, things are real. Population explosion has taken place, and the earth is full, and all of a sudden the earth is full of wickedness, and God said, I'm going to, we're just going to destroy it. But Noah, you know, you could put yourself down as Noah. The Lord it sees, you know, he's got mercy on you too as well. Okay, but anyway, after that in Genesis, you, you immediately, as soon as they get off that boat, that's uh, uh, the world's populated again after several years. And there's and in the 10th chapter, 5th chapter is genealogies, and the 10th chapter is genealogies. And the end of that genealogy in chapter 10 you hear Abraham. Abraham was the son of well, Nahor or whatever you, you look at it. But anyway, so from there on, the rest of Genesis there from chapter 12 on is the history of uh, Abraham and his descendants. Abraham and who? Isaac and then Jacob. And then Jacob's got what? He's got 12 sons. And basically these are all the Jews. So here you go. Then you're in Exodus, coat of many colors. And in Exodus there, you hear about a guy named Moses. That's right. And the name, his name means to draw out. So how are we going to deal with a make-believe guy if he didn't actually get adopted by that Egyptian prince, princess? She's the one that named him. God didn't name him. She named him Moses. Anyway, <clears throat> so anyway, so after that, Exodus means exit, and the whole book is about getting out. Anyway, they got out by the 15th chapter. So from 15 on, and that book goes on to, shoot, I want to say it's 40, 45, if not 50 chapters. But anyway, uh, anyway, they're at Mount Sinai. They're trying to get to the promised land. They're not there yet. It's only been about a year and a half. And uh, the Lord gives them the Ten Commandments and all the instructions about the temporary tabernacle. Okay. Anyway, so uh, uh, then you get to, I call it Leviticus. It's Levi. It's Le- Leviticus, obviously, but it's how you how the Lord wanted the Levites to operate that temporary thing. And in Numbers, the boy, they pull up, and here we go to the promised land. And remember what happened? They got there, and they said, we can't do this. This is no way. So they wound up spending 40 years in the wilderness till all of those who were 20 years older died. And then God brought them all the way back to the promised land. And uh, toward the end of Numbers, they're on their way back there again. And uh, in Deuteronomy, there's no history there except for a speech. Tells you so in Deuteronomy 1. See how important it is to read your Bible? So when you read your Bible, you're like, this was a speech. Yeah. Moses is standing there. He gives the speech. And then once he's done, God takes him up on Mount Moriah or wherever it is. And and Moses dies. But he got to see the promised land. And Moses got to try one more time. Please let me go. I just want to stick my toe in there. God says, nope. And you can go figure out why. 
Okay, anyway, that puts us at the book of Joshua. Boy, right at the start of Joshua. You know the first verse in Joshua chapter 1? It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Yeah, that's the last verse of Deuteronomy. See how it connects? And so here we go. Going to the promised land. We had, first they had to get, off across, get across the Jordan. Remember how they got across the Jordan? They made boats. and went, No, it split. Wow. Nothing impossible with God. It split. Go read the stories and the details. It wasn't some sort of magical thing. The Lord told them exactly what we're going to do here. And he said, lift up. Uh, anyway, as soon as the priests were carrying the ark, they were, remember that temporary tabernacle? The ark had the... Uh, Oh, you know, it had, was covered with gold, had two cherubims over it, you know, and it was called a mercy seat. And the priests were carrying it, not just anybody, the priests were carrying that thing. And as soon as the priest touched, touched their foot in the water, this is Joshua chapter 2 or 3, as soon as their foot went in the water, man. Okay, they get in the promised land in Joshua. They were there for just, <laughs> Moses even told them at that speech in Deuteronomy, you ain't going to be there long because you're going to worship idols. And they weren't. I think it was about 50 years or so, 50, 60, maybe 70, whatever. But they had taken over the whole promised land. It was great. Man, they had it. And then they lost it. The book of Judges is they lost it. Why? Worshiping other gods. They decided, I could do without Jesus. I'm so smart. You know, our economy is doing great. And see how we can get in that trouble too? I don't need Jesus. You know, I don't need him. He may not be real. I mean, after all, this place is five point something billion years old. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? <laughs> you ought to, everything in your life, you ought to just question why. Just why? 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 Go back to being a four-year-old or three-year-old. Why? Why? Why, Daddy? Why? Find out. Anyway, uh, in the book of Judges, God gave certain people like Samson and, uh, uh, and others that were in the book of Judges, and they helped Israel keep from losing everything. But anyway, little book, uh, Ruth, fits right in there. She knew Israel had gone to pot. And she went off to Moab, and she came back. And anyway, when you start First and Second Samuel here, that's uh, David comes on the scene. King Saul first. Samuel was a prophet. You read about him. Anyway, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, they almost mirror each other. It's nice having history going, well, where else is this at? And those books will also reference other books that we don't even have today. Anyway, so you have all these kings, about 22, 23 of them. And then they're gone to where? Babylon. Because Nebuchadnezzar wiped out Israel. It was over with. And they were told why. Because they worshipped other gods. Jeremiah said, you're only going to be gone for 70 years. You say, well, Richard, Jeremiah's way, way over here. Well, look at this. Isaiah. Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. If you'll read the first verse in each one of those, it says, uh, we were alive during some time in here. And you get it. It's kind of like backup information. But you'll find out in the backup information, ooh, that's, oh, I see what was happening here. Because you got the details when this king was there. Then you got this prophet over here saying, I told this clown he better get right. He better not do this or he's going to lose his, himself. Anyway, so anyway, so 70 years, yeah. So during those 70 years, uh, Notice at the end of this, all of a sudden, Ezra, the 70 years is over with, and they're on their way back to the promised land again. And they got there. Ezra put the temple back together. Nehemiah put the wall around the city. But we got this little book here. It comes up Esther right here. Now, we looked at that uh, last week. Now, remember what happened to Esther? Such a time as this. She wound up being, uh, uh, she wound up being the queen. Remember that? But I want to show you the rest of the details. So we'll pick up here when Haman, the bad guy, uh, he knew he was in trouble. 
So let's just pick it up in Esther chapter, chapter 7, verse 6. Esther replied, this wicked, wicked Haman is our enemy. Okay, Now she's talking to her husband, the king. Haman grew pale with fright before the king and queen. The queen jumped to his feet and went out into the palace garden as Haman stood up to plead for his life to Queen Esther, for he knew he was doomed. In despair, he fell upon the couch where Queen Esther was reclining just as the king returned from the palace garden. I mean, her husband, the king, he couldn't believe it because this guy was his buddy. They were having a drinking party just the night before. Look at this. Will he even rape the queen right here in the palace? Before my eyes, the king roared. Instantly, the death veil was placed over Haman's face. Then Harbona, one of the king's aides, says, Hey, sir, Haman just ordered a 75-foot gallows constructed to hang Mordecai. And remember, Mordecai and Esther, you just assume that's you. So the bad things that were destined for you, guess what? It's going on the enemies. Anyway. The man who saved the king from assassination. Remember that was the story that took place in the second chapter or third chapter early on. Mordecai overheard some bad guys planning to plot the death of the king. So the king said, hang Haman on it, the king ordered. So they did and the king's wrath was pacified. Now remember, it sounds like that's the end of it. But no, look at this. We've still got, uh, we've still, let's see, that's, uh, uh, that's chapter, anyway, that was chapter seven. We've still got eight, nine. 10, and that's it. 8, 9, and 10. Okay, let's... Well, then what's going on here? Well, look at the first verse. See, we can't read this. Now, I know we did. We waited a week. But, you know, you could have finished it with coffee, of course, like, you know, like normal. On that same day... Now, remember what happened. Just in the previous chapters, an order went out over the whole known world. Remember, 127 providences or something? All the way from Ethiopia. It was the whole known world at the time. And, and it was, everybody kill the Jews, kill all the Jews on a certain day. Basically, it was on February 28th. Isn't that what they said? So on that same day, King Ahasuerus gave the estate of Haman, the Jews' enemy, to Queen Esther. Hey, baby, you can have this guy's place. <laughs> then Mordecai was brought before the king, for Esther had told the king that he was her cousin and foster father. The king took off his ring. Which he had, look at this, which he had taken from Haman and he gave it to Mordecai. Remember, I told you last week, it was Saturday last week, the Iranians burned the, the uh, uh, tomb of Mordecai and Esther. Just last week. Ah, fairy tales, they never did, never did exist. Well, somebody went to a lot of trouble if they didn't. But it's obvious we know they did. It happened. So Esther, look at this. So he gave it to Mordecai, appointing him as prime minister. Now, can we take a minute and think, is this sort of, does this sort of happen? Yeah, it does. Coat of many colors. Joseph went from the dungeon, actually a slave, and then he went to the dungeon, and then all the way second to Pharaoh. Who else? Well, we know Mordecai did here. Who else? Guess who else? And I can name some more. Daniel. (laughs) Daniel chapter one. Prime minister already. You say, well, who else? Well, Nehemiah. Remember, Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. He on refill. Guess what? He wound up being governor of Israel. The king sent him back, says, go back and put that wall together around Jerusalem. Yeah, I want that done. <laughs> wow. Anyway, good things for you and I too. And once more, Esther came. Look at this. Okay, so now, and now once more, Esther came before the king, falling down. Now, wait a minute. I thought she wasn't supposed to go in there. Yeah, she went again. See, that's why you want to read the story. But, you know, she knew the Lord was going to take care of her. She came before the king, falling down at his feet, and begging him with tears to stop Haman's plot against the Jews. Wait a minute. You already had him killed. 
But now we got to get the word out because it's it, we're we're almost in worse shape. We really hadn't stopped the problem yet. Look at this. The king again. Again, the king held out the golden scepter to Esther. I remember he had already taken care of Haman the night before. Let's say it was the night before. And he's back on his throne and all of a sudden, oh man, the, the wife's here. Hold on, guy. <laughs> you know, but that's not the way it went. He held out the golden scepter. So she arose and stood before him and said, if it please your majesty, and if you love me, <laughs> yeah, send out a decree. Oh, this was important. Reversing Haman's order to destroy the Jews throughout the king's provinces. How can I endure it to see my people butchered and destroyed? Oh, he thought, whoa. Now, look, watch how he handles this. Then the king said to Queen Esther and Mordecai the Jew, remember his uh, prime minister, I have given Esther the palace of Haman. He has been hanged on the gallows because he tried to destroy you. Now go ahead and send a message to the Jews telling them whatever you want in the king's name. Whatever you ask the father in my name, I'll give you. And seal it with the king's ring so that it can never be reversed. Praise God. Now remember Mordecai had just told his niece. Actually, it's going to be his cousin. He just told his niece you know, a few days earlier when he said, Listen, if you think you're going to escape, you're not. God's going to get the Jews out some way or another. But maybe God has got you for such a time as this. And oh, they knew it. Okay. Now go ahead, send a message to the Jews. Okay, we got that part. Uh, immediately the king's secretaries were called in, and it's now the 23rd day of the month of July, and they wrote as Mordecai dictated. Look how they have the details. The day. It's in your King James. It's going to be in the month of la da 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 some Hebrew word. A decree to the Jews and the officials, governors, and princes of all the provinces. See, they've got to reverse this thing. Remember, there's no internet. Everybody still thinks, hey, on February 28th, pull out your swords and kill every Jew. Anyway, to the Jews and officials, governors, princes, all the provinces from India to Ethiopia. We've never heard of those places. <laughs> yeah, we have. 127 and all. The degree was translated into languages and dialects of all the people. Look how hard work this was. Mordecai wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus and sealed the message with the king's rings and sent the letters by swift carriers, riders on camels, mules, and young dominaries used in the king's service. Now, let's hold up a minute. Look at this. Can you imagine how hard this would be if the king didn't believe in the Jews? Just like, woman, come on. You, I, I, I got rid of Haman. Just, But see, that wasn't enough. They, the whole Jewish race is at stake here. And look who's, who's getting involved. And look how much is going. Oh, we don't need church anymore. We don't need this. I mean, thank God Trump said the other day, church is essential. Look how essential this was. They used all the best means of couriers and everything. Riders on camels, mules, young dromedaries, whatever that is. It must be a BMW. No, I'm kidding. It's got to be something. Uh, used in the king's service. The decree gave the Jews everywhere permission to, unify, unit, uh, to unite in the defense of their lives and families and to destroy all the forces opposed to them and to take their property. Now you can see where we're going here. Because there's going to be a miniature war take place here in a moment. And guess who's going to win? The Jews are going to win. And that's you and I. Remember, Jesus healed a woman one day and he said, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loosed from this bond? She had back trouble. I'll tell you what, we've got so many people and so many people today, back trouble and don't have any idea that Jesus will help you. You may have talked yourself out of it one time or another. Don't. Don't. Don't talk yourself out of it. Anyway, here we go. 
The day was chosen throughout this pro- throughout all the province of King Ahasuerus was the 28th day of February. That was when Haman was still alive. Okay. It further stated that a copy of this decree, uh, which must be recognized everywhere as law, must be broadcast to all the people so that the Jews would be ready and prepared to overcome their enemies. So the mail went out swiftly, carried by the king's couriers and speeded by the king's commandment. Look how, praise God, what favor you have. The same decree was also issued at the Shushan Palace. Now, Shushan Palace was where Esther and Mordecai and the king lived. Okay. Local town. Okay, that's the... Then Mordecai put on the royal robes, blue and white and great and covered with fleas and all looked like, ah, this was gorgeous. People knew how to dress up back in these days, okay? It went from the, the, king, the presence of the king throughout the cities filled with shouting people. And the Jews had joy and gladness and were honored everywhere. You'd be happy too if you knew you weren't going to be executed. Praise God. And in every city and province, as the king's decree arrived, the Jews were filled with joy and had great celebration and declared a holiday. Wow. And many of the people of the land pretended, <laughs> look at that verse. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Oh, I'm a Jew. Yeah, I'm a Jew. They pretended to be Jews because they feared what the Jews might do to them. Now, remember, now, wait, hold on just a minute. What, what, what time frame are we in here? This is the time of Nebuchadnezzar, except the new king is now King Ahasuerus. Of the uh, Medes or Persians, I forgot. You have to look at the start of this. You see, he's either the Persian king, or whatever. But this is around the time of Daniel. Daniel's an older person. <sighs> Wouldn't have been but seventy years since the time Nebuchadnezzar had taken over. Okay, but anyway, look at. I tell you, the Jews haven't gone under, have they? The Lord took care of them, and that's what He said. When you go off in exile, I'm gonna take care of you. All right, here we go. Ninth chapter. So. On the 28th day of February, there's only 10 chapters. The last one's just a real brief one here. So on the 28th day of February, the two, the day, the two decrees of the king were to be put in effect. The day the Jews' enemies had hoped to vanquish them, though it turned out quite the contrary. The Jews gathered in their streets throughout the cities throughout the king's provinces to vent, to defend themselves against any who might try to harm them. But no one tried, for they were greatly feared. Praise God. Same thing happened to Jesus. They tried to take Jesus, but they, they, they couldn't do it. Why didn't you take him? The Pharisees said to the guards, no one ever spoke like this man. <laughs> yeah, really? All of the rulers of the provinces, the governors, officials, aides, helped the Jews for fear of, Mor- of Mordecai. What? Yeah. Lord put him up there, head honcho. Praise God. For Mordecai was a mighty name in the king's palace, and his fame was known throughout all the provinces. For he had become more and more powerful. Hello, tombstones over in Iran. Okay. But the Jews went on ahead on that appointed day, and they slaughtered their enemies. They killed even 500 men in the local town. Some idiots were still like, well, I won't kill you anyway. They also killed the ten sons of Haman, the son of Hamathadah, the Jews' enemy. And here's their names, Pashran, Daltha, whatever, da 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 Okay. They killed Haman's ten sons. Look at this. But they did, look at that. But they didn't try to take Haman's property. Well, look at that. Okay. Let me get back down here. Late that evening, when the king was informed of the number of those slain in Shushan, that's the local town where the king lives, he read the headlines. He, now he called for Esther. 
Hey, the Jews, hey baby, the Jews have killed 500 men in Shushan alone, he exclaimed, and also Haman's 10 sons. I read it in the, you know, the Shushan Times. If they have done that here, I wonder what's happened in the rest of the province. See, they have no clue. There's no internet. I wonder what happened in the rest of my kingdom. But now, what more do you want? Look what he says. It'll be granted to you. I mean, all this thing about the Lord will bless you one time, and then you're on the own. You're on. No. It's called abundant life. Tell me, and I will do it. And Esther said, look at that. She said, hey, well, I, I do have an idea. If it please your majesty, let the Jews who are here in Shushan do it again tomorrow. See, there were still some guys who were like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you, you dead bird Jew. Let the Jews that are here in Shushan do it again tomorrow, as they've done today. And let Haman's ten sons, I think it says be hanged. They were already killed anyway. Let them be hanged on the gallows. So the king agreed. The decree was announced at Shushan, and they hung the bodies of Haman's ten sons. Then the Jews at Shushan, that's the local town, that's the, what do you call it, the, the, the capital of the kingdom. They gathered together the next day, and they killed 300 more men. Though again, they didn't take their property. They didn't want that. They're just trying to stay alive. Meanwhile, the other Jews throughout the king's provinces had gathered together and stood for their lives and destroyed all their enemies, killing, look at that, 75,000 people that hated the Jews. But they didn't take their goods. Wow. Throughout the provinces, this was done on the 28th day of February. See, this is in the Jewish calendar today. And the next day they rested. Look at that. Celebrating their victory with feasting and gladness. But the Jews at Shushan, they went on killing their enemies the second day. And they rested the next day with feasting and gladness. I guess so. Here we go. Let's read this. See how this is history? And so it was, uh, and so it is that the Jews in the unwalled villages throughout Israel to this day have an annual celebration on the second day when they rejoiced, uh, and, uh, excuse me, on the second day when they rejoiced and sent gifts to each other. They made this a holiday. Wow. Mordecai wrote a history of all these events. That's where we got this. He probably wrote this. And he sent uh, letters to the Jews near and far throughout all the king's provinces, encouraging them to declare an annual... Now, now, why would he do this? Let's stop a minute. Let's scratch your head. Because God's not the same yesterday, today, and forever anyway. You don't want to get your hopes up. Yes, you do. Even Haman's wife said, if he's a Jew, you ain't going to ever beat him. We need to get that in our lives. And I believe we do. We know, praise God, if I lose my purse at the store, I'm going to drive back and find it. I lose my wallet, you know. I run across a snake. Or, I mean, you think, about that. you think about that silly raccoon story. You caught it. Praise God. Isn't that great? I mean, and I was messing with my trailer the other day. I saw the hole the cat had made. Praise God. I'm just glad I saw it. Anyway, I can fix it. Anyway, so he said he's declared them to declare. And annual, we're going to do this again and again and again. The last two days of that month to celebrate with feasting and gladness and to give gifts. Uh, these historic days when the Jews were saved from their enemies. I think that's so important to know, you know, yeah, we're going to heaven. You know, we trust the Lord. But the Lord will save you today from your little miniature problems you've got, or major, whatever they are. When their sorrow was turned to gladness and their mourning to happiness. Now that's a good phrase there. You know, I was listening to somebody singing a song the other day. It's a Christian song, whatever, but I was just glad to hear them. They were talking about how the Lord, you know, in times of trouble, 
you know, he gets your happiness back. Anyway, so the Jews adopted Mordecai's suggestion and began this annual custom. As a reminder, when Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agite, the enemy of the Jews, had plotted to destroy them uh, at the time determined by a throw of dice. Now, I don't want to, I want to mention this again because this is important. Let's say you're going through life's troubles and whatever and problems or whatever. And here comes February 27th and all of a sudden somebody calls you. Hey, what are you doing for the celebration tomorrow on the 28th? Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll have a cookout. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll be there at 6. Yeah. You just got reminded that why are we having this thing tomorrow? And why am I worried about this? Pro- What's worse than that I'm having now that could have been worse than all the Jews executed? And if God saved all those guys, won't he help me today? Yes, that's the whole purpose. <laughs> Remember, their whole problem was they forgot God. And these holidays, even Moses said, well, it was the Lord that said this. You're going to have four annual feasts. Passover, uh, let's see. Then there was the Pentecost. Then there was the Feast of the Harvest or whatever. Then there was another one. You had to have these. It reminded you of the Lord. The festival of, um, you know, there's one where they built little shacks. That was to remind them that they came out from under Egypt, you know. Okay. So the Jews adopted Mordecai. Oh, and the other thing's funny. This is, this is so good. Oh. God said every time you go to Jerusalem to come to these feasts, nobody's going to steal your stuff. Oh, I don't know. What, uh, the Lord can't possibly know. No, God does know. He'll take care of your stuff. Okay. The Jews adopted Mordecai's suggestion, began this annual custom as a reminder of the time when, hey man, okay, he tried to kill him. Okay. And at that time, determined by the throwing of the dice. That's where that word, I think it's, well, we'll see. And remind them that when the matter came before the king, he issued a decree causing Haman's plot to boomerang. And he and his sons were hung or hanged on the gallows. That is why, yeah, there it is. That is why the celebration is called Purim because the word for throwing dice in Persia, in Persian is pure. Now, earlier on when Haman and the king said, yeah, it's okay, you want to kill these Jews? That's fine. Huh? He didn't know his wife was a Jew at the time. And they threw some dice to see when the date would be, February 28th. Okay. So that's why they call it uh, Purim. All the Jews throughout their realm agreed to inaugurate this tradition and to pass it on to their descendants, to all who became Jews. They declared that they would never fail to celebrate these two days of the appointed time of the year. I mean, this weekend is what? Memorial Day. What do we do? What's Memorial Day? Well, we remember those folks who have fallen that gave us what? Our freedom. You know, World War II, World War I, all those wars. That's the purpose of that one. So we get that one. That's why this was done here. Okay. It would be an annual event uh, from generation to generation celebrated by every family throughout the countryside and their cities. And I'm going to stop here. I didn't know anything about it until I read it. I'm Baptist background. We didn't spend any time on this. I wish they did. I've taught this. I'm looking back in all my records of, of messages. I've taught this. I think this is my fourth time to do this. You know. Wow. Anyway. It would be an annual event from generation to generation celebrated by every family throughout the countryside, cities, and the empire so that the memory of what had happened would never perish from the Jewish race. See, what would happen to you if you never forgot this? Well, I think it's it's great, isn't it? Meanwhile, now watch this. Here comes the temporary uh, praise reports along 
that happened in their in these two people's lives. Meanwhile, Queen Esther, daughter of Abihel, later adopted uh, by Mordecai the Jew, had written a letter throwing in her full support behind Mordecai's letter inaugurating his feast of Purim. So remember, they, it's already over with now, but this is a national holiday. Now she's the queen, so she said, "She said, hey, I'll just write a letter." Man, it was on the front of GQ magazine. It was all over, man. In addition, letters were sent to all the Jews throughout the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus with messages of goodwill and encouragement to confirm these two days annually as the Feast of Purim, decreed by both Mordecai the Jew and his cousin Queen Esther. Indeed, the Jews themselves had decided upon this tradition as a remembrance of the time of their national fasting and prayer. It's going to be hard to pull the rug out from underneath this story. Well, for us, we know better. The commandments of Esther confirmed these dates and it was recorded as law. We're not done yet. Got two more sips of coffee on this 10th chapter. Look how, sh- that's it. That is the 10th chapter. Boy, that's going to take a long time, won't it? No, look what it says. King Harassus not only laid tribute on, in other words, he taxed the mainland, but even on the islands of the sea. His great deeds, he's a fake figure. He ne- Whoa, wait a minute. You can find him outside the Bible. His great deeds and the full account of the greatness of Mordecai, hence the Iranians wanted to destroy the tomb over there, and the honors given him by the king are written in the book of the... See, that's not even a biblical book. That's some other book. The book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia. Well, we know what's written in there. His great deeds, full account of the greatness of Mordecai. Mordecai the Jew was prime minister with authority next to that of Ahasuerus himself, of course. He was, of course, uh, very great among the Jews and respected by his countrymen because he did his best for his people and was a friend at court for all of them. Boy, what a friend we have in Jesus. Uh, The whole world's going to pot. You can have a good God. Oh, really? Looks like when you put Jesus first, it all works out. Now, let me close with this. I want to go to Psalms just a second. You could pick any of these. Look at 55. Psalm 55. Listen to my prayer, O God. Don't hide yourself when I cry. That's what was going on back then. This is just, this is David, I believe. Hear me, Lord. Listen to me, for I groan and weep beneath my burden of woe. He's not going to heaven. It's some sort of problem he's got today. My enemies shout against me and threaten me with death. Mm. They surround me with terror and plot to kill me. Their fury and hatred rise to engulf me. My heart is in anguish within me. Stark fear overpowers me. Man, we've all been here. But you could take a lighter degree of this. It doesn't matter what your problem is. He said, listen to my prayer. Let's see what that prayer. Don't don't quit. We've got to read the whole thing. Trembling and horror overwhelm me. Look at this. (laughs) You probably heard this verse. Oh, if I had wings like a dove, I'd just fly off. Yeah. This is where they come from. Oh, for the wings like a dove to fly away and rest. I would fly to faraway deserts and stay there. I just want to get away. I would flee to some refuge from all this storm. Now, don't quit reading there. He's going to tell you how to do this. Oh, Lord, make my enemies begin to quarrel among themselves. He's acting like God's going to do this. Yeah. Instead of thinking, oh, my God, they're talking about me. Oh, no, I've had it. They're Uh, Man, turn this thing around. Hey, Lord, cause their stuff to happen to them. Uh, Destroy them with their own violence and strife. 
Though they patrol the walls night and day against invaders, their real problem is eternal. Wickedness and dishonesty are entrenched uh, in the heart of the city. There is murder, robbery there, cheating in the markets, wherever you look. Now notice David didn't call together a bunch of people and says, we got a problem here. You, you only need one thing to do. That's what he just said. Go to the Lord. Watch this. It's leading up to a fantastic verse here. Watch this. It was not an enemy who taunted me. I could have borne it. I could have hidden and escaped. But it was you. What? A man. A companion. Yeah. It's like, oh, your heart's really hurting now because, and we've all had friends turn, our, turn their backs on us before. What fellowship we had. What discussions as we walked together to the temple of the Lord on holy days. Let death seize them and cut them down in their prime. For there is sin in their homes and they are polluted to the depths of their souls. Well, if you read about David, and he, he, he and Joab were pretty good, but then Joab turned against him. Anyway, verse 16, I will call upon the Lord to save me. Look at that. And he will. Boy, I tell you what. That's something I did not learn from the Baptists. I learned this part. I'll call upon the Lord to save me, but I never caught on to this part, and he will. It was like, whatever it will be. Anyway, I will pray. Here's that great scripture in the King James, morning and evening, whatever. I will pray morning, noon, night, pleading aloud with God, and he will hear and answer. Though the tide of battle run, though the tide of battle runs strongly against me, for so many are fighting against me, Yet he will rescue me. Boy, that's what you want to get in your heart. Man, God himself, God from everlasting past will answer them. For they refuse to hear him, even honor his commands. This friend of mine betrayed me. Well, okay. I was at peace with him. He broke his promises. His words were oily smooth, but in his heart, his words, this is the end of it right here. Look at that verse 22 coming. Hang on a second. His words were sweet, but underneath were daggers. Look at that. Cast your burdens on the Lord. I love this. Is, this is a double digit. 5522. If you remember that. 5522. It, the King James Version says, cast thy burden upon the Lord. Same thing. Give your burdens to the Lord. Look at that. He will carry them. He will not permit the godly to slip or fall. He will send my enemies to the pit of destruction. Murderers and liars will not live out half their day, but I'm trusting you to save me. Hello, Mordecai, and hello, Queen Esther. It's what they did for the whole nation. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you, Lord. Praise God. No matter what's going on, you're, it's, it, you just gave us the history on all this, Lord. You're going to keep us out of trouble. That's everything Jesus did when he was here. They made fun of him on the cross and said, he's good at saving others, but he can't save himself. Oh, he was saving us all when he was on that cross. Anyway, Father, if we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that. What's our bodies to you? You'll fix them. You want them fixed. Lord, if we're hurting anywhere, you'll fix that. Same thing's true financially. If we're hurting financially, you'll take care of that. And if it's some problem, great or small, something like Mordecai and Esther had, whatever, or David mentioned in this psalm, a close friend's done something to us, it doesn't matter. You'll take care of us. And Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go out and tell others about Jesus. And we'll just give them all the history of what you've done in our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right.